WCB Podcast, your source for all things Chicago Blackhawks and everything hockey, with your host, Let's do it. Jerem and Tanner. All right. It's another edition of the WCB Podcast. It's Jerem. It's Tanner. What's up, bud? Uh, nothing much, man. You know, just feeling good. Season's about over. We're getting a lot of really cool endings, a lot of cool stats. It's a cool year, man. It has been a fun year outside of Chicago and in, in the yeah. end of the season. Um, and yeah, mercifully, we're going to be put out of, out of our misery with the Blackhawks and just well, one day now after this is gets posted. Um, but yeah, so season's winding down. Let's just get into it really quick with Hawks talk. And then there's a lot to talk about at NHL, um, cause it's all the fun stuff. So let's focus on that. Uh, this past week, since we last recorded the Hawks went one and three, their lone win came last Tuesday against Calgary, which saw them win four to three for some reason, the Hawks just fucking have calories number this year as we all predicted the hawks <laughs> would sweep the season series against the calgary flames the former pacific number one seed of last year <laughs> i i had calgary as my my western conference team in the in the in the cup this year so that hurts but it was kind of nice you know the hawks if we're gonna get a win one peter Mrazik finally gets in the win column Yes. After so many good starts and just not being able to get it. And two, if we are going to win, at least we played a part in spoiling Calgary Flames season. Yeah, man. Kind of fun. They literally needed to, I mean, not win just this game, but if they would have won any of the games against us, they would still be in it. But now they're eliminated. And I think it's, I've seen things online where like Flames fans are upset about the game that they had against Nashville but more so upset by the fact that they didn't get a fucking win against the Hawks the entire that's year. So funny. That's three. Win- I mean, that's six points right there that the Flames mm. threw out by not being yeah. able to beat the lowly Chicago Blackhawks. Right. And the, like the stats that the Flames have of like losing one goal games in regulation or in losing games in OT or, hitting the post like they just had a, a pretty just unlucky season between and it's hilarious because they had the craziest off season too yeah between calgary and vancouver who the hots played the following or a couple days after them i don't think there's been two teams with worse luck this year i mean obviously vancouver it's a sign of like bad teams blowing mm-hmm. multi-goal but the amount of multi-goal leads that vancouver blew oh, this year like, I mean, is there any two teams that just had like a worse like span of games than these two? Honestly, I don't think there is like a, anything that memorable. <laughs> like, yeah, like there's teams that had had bad stretches or just like bad bounces that like came out. But like, man, oh man, like talk about two teams that could have made the playoffs if they hadn't just fucked up or gotten us so unlucky. Oh man. Um, so against Calgary, the goals, Anthony, Anthony, the CU scored two, uh, Kara scored one and Austin Wagner got his first as the Blackhawk, um, which would eventually be the game winner. Um, then moving on across Canada, uh, against the Vancouver Canucks, the Hawks got shut out. I think it was the ninth time they got shut out this season. Is it uh, really? That's a lot. <laughs> it didn't seem like there's been so... that many. I think that's what I saw. I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I'm not a stat guy. Um, 
I feel like it's only like four or five, but I mean, they did lose a lot of games. Uh, let's see really quick. Um, this one, yeah. I mean, this was all Vancouver. It was one of those games that everything people kind of listed as like, oh, it could be exciting to watch Vancouver because they're still kind of fighting for it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just nothing there. Um, let's... Yeah, man, that Andre Kuzmenko kid had a really good season in his first year coming over from Russia. Uh, right now, I mean, they have like probably two games left. Maybe, I don't know if they're playing tonight. But he has 38 goals and 33 assists for 71 points in 79 games. Oh, shit. Like, how how quietly did, did somebody on that team put it together, like, a almost a point-per-game season with almost 40 goals? Seven. Oh, I'm counting shutouts right now. Seven. Damn, really? Or, yeah. That's not good. <laughs> but, yeah, Vancouver. Yeah, it was a ninth. Ninth shutout. I think Vancouver, it's kind of been that way for them since – covid is like they start the season slow or they get screwed over by like delay like during the covid seasons like they had so many delays and then there was at one point where they had 16 games in like 20 days or some shit that's like a super exaggeration but just the just them getting tired like tired out like that because of the postpones and everything but yeah. they still get these last little boosts toward the end of the season where you're like they can make it they can make it and then it's like little bit too late too too short too late is there there's really and there's really nothing that they can do right now to fix this team because it's like they're full of bad contracts and they just they don't have cap space so it's like it's gonna be a couple years of just shit for them they gotta like somehow i don't know yeah i i just i don't know what they can do um i think one of my favorite things that happened for them was the fact that they traded they traded um us Jason Dickinson oh yeah for for Riley Stillman and I think we got a pick out of that too. I just wanna I just wanna check. I believe so. Wasn't it like a second? I think it's a second next year. Let me check here. Yeah, a second round pick next year for Riley Stillman. We got Jason Dickinson, who was a very effective forward this year for us. I think he's really built up some value for next he's, season. Oh yeah, he's gonna be I think he's gonna be trade bait next year for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like in that in like as much as I like having him on the team, I think he would also appreciate the like going to a team that's gonna be making it to the playoffs. Just just think Lafferty. Like yeah, it's exactly same situation there. Yeah, man. It, it, there's a lot of positives going on this year in even in some of these games. Like there's still a bunch of like good takeaways from it. Like at no point in most in most of the games, I would say there wasn't ever really a point unless it was like the end of the game, obviously that I felt like the Hawks were really out of it, but yeah. they just work so fucking hard, man. And I mean, like, that's all I really wanted this year is just for the team to like work hard. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it more next week once the season's officially over for the Hawks and we kind of do like our, our season wrap up and all that, but you know what? Hats off to coach Richardson, man. He, mm -hmm. he said, Hey, we're not going to, he goes, if we're not going to win games, we're going to make it fucking hard for everybody else, you know, for the teams we're playing to get those two points. And you know what? I think he, he stuck to his word in this team. Like you said, it doesn't look on paper. It doesn't look very good, but yeah, a lot of good takeaways from the season. And I'm really excited to kind of talk about it next year or not next week. And then kind of just see the building blocks. Now that the rebuild, I think is officially, able to oh, be yeah. like this was the last phase of the teardown 
now it's time yes. for rebuild to go up. Yes, 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 yes. I would I would completely agree with that because now that there's really nothing of like extreme value that we had from last season still with the team, it's yeah, we are we're literally at bottom. Yeah. So it's it's crazy, man. Like like who on this team right now would you like get their jersey and expect them to be on the team in four years still? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, I don't think anybody Reichel? Radish, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But then again, I also thought Hagel was gonna be on this team for a while and they're like the same player. Well, we got Radish out. Yeah, I that's the, that's the thing. We we, <laughs> we got Taylor Radish from Hagel, and he's turning into like a really solid player that maybe we get another trade out of and like maybe we get another Taylor Radish or a Brandon. It's Hagel. so funny. It's like <laughs> I was like, why would we trade Brandon Hagel for a, a a Brandon Hagel, a potential Brandon Hagel? And then it's like, yeah. oh, cool, we got a potential brand, or we got a Brandon Hagel in that trade. Cool. So let's sure. Why would you trade a Taylor Radish for a potential Taylor Radish? Yeah. It's out so far. So hey, you could take the ride, boat, baby. or you could take the mystery box. <laughs> oh, we gotta take the mystery box. But the boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could be a boat. <laughs> yes. Uh, man um all right so then after that on saturday the hawks played the kraken in seattle um this was all seattle uh, hawk shot this one seven three seth jones put up two goals including a power play goal which hey. is rare for the defenseman on this organization uh lucas reichel would end up putting up his last goal in the nhl this season as a black <laughs> as a black hawk yeah his yeah. last nhl season or or last, last, game last, of the season. last game of the season yeah, for the Hawks. A, for the Hawks as he got sent him and Vlasic. Vlasic yeah. got sent down. And Vlasic on, assisted on his goal too. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> on Monday. Um, but yeah, so Reichel picked up his seventh of the season, which um again, speaking about self going into the season, I know a lot of people were kind of like, Oh, Reichel should have been on the scene from the get-go. He should be, you know, he's ready to play all the minutes, you know, and, and have a big role on this team. But I think him going down to the AHL to start the season was yeah. the best end up being the best decision for him because he looks like a completely different player than he did last year in his few games and even this past off uh, uh, preseason games that he played in. He looked like a completely different player. Dude, he is so awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch him like, like just progress still because like, you know, like this isn't even it. And he's doing so well on a team that has like no other really good offensive tools around him. And it's just like, man, that's so exciting to see. I'm sure it's kind of like I in a in a rough comparison, like when McDavid first went to Edmonton and like they literally had no other offensive pieces besides like Nugent Hopkins, but they're both centers, so they barely played with each other. Yeah. And like Dry wasn't like as monstrous as he is now. So it was just kind of like, all right, like him playing like insanely better than everybody else is like awesome to watch. And I can't wait till we get pieces that actually fit with him to be such an incredible line. It's going to be super exciting, especially if the Hawks end up with the top three pick. Yeah. And uh, mixing in Reichel. And if Nazar turns out to be, you know, the player that he's being projected to be. Plus if you land the Bedard, Fantelli, all that kind of stuff, like this, oh man, the pieces are there, man. I'm telling you the pieces are there. Yeah. It's just the patience has got to be there to like let this all develop and mature the right way. You can't get yes. too fucking over overzealous. Don't, and yeah, don't want to get too early. Don't want to start shooting for the moon like way too soon and start signing contracts for guys that come in and 
big, big part of this team when it's not ready and it's not time, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, so last night, which as we're recording this, uh, Minnesota came in to town and the Hawks shot that one four to two. Um, it was a little interesting. Uh, Hawks were up two to one with about six minutes left in the game. And yeah. Minnesota finally woke up, come back. Marcus Johansson scores twice. Nyquist, oh, I forgot Nyquist is back already. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been back since like, uh, oh, he's been back for a few games. I was looking into that recently too. But he's doing well in uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, man, Minnesota, God. Yeah, he's got, oh, he's already, oh, never mind. He's only played two games for Minnesota. He's got three points. That's still pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, Minnesota's one of those teams. I mean, I think they could be a dark horse in the in the West for the playoffs, man. They seem to uh, just... yeah. They they're just they're solid. And now they got Caprice off back too, which he didn't play last night. They didn't play any of their like big or not any, but they didn't play a majority of their big guys like Caprice off and Zuccarello and Brodine. And I think Dumba didn't play either. And I was like, fuck, man, that's like that's not good for the Hawks because yeah. like, <laughs> we want to stay in last. And so, like, just following along on my phone, because I just I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I was like, man, there's there's like ten minutes left in this third period. We're still up two to one. Like, something's got to break right now, please. <laughs> and luckily enough, I mean, unluckily enough, but you know, uh, the Hawks ended up losing, which is good because we're just kind of in a race for last right now with. Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, so looking at the standing, so we said before the Hawks finished one and three this past week. Um, looking ahead to as we're recording this, they're playing Pittsburgh right now at zero zero after one, and then Thursday will be the last game of the regular season against the Philadelphia Flyers in Chicago. Um, going to be a big game for a reason. We'll get to in a second here. Um, but looking at the at the standings right now, Hawks at eighty games played at fifty six points. Columbus is at 79 games played at 56 points as well, but they own the tiebreaker. Yeah. As the tiebreaker for as like as like the worst team because I think it's regulation wins. Well, we're tied to regulation wins. Oh, regulation plus overtime wins then. Okay. And they're yeah, damn it. They're losing right now too. Oh wait, no, regulation wins. No, regulation win. We have more regulation wins. Mm -hmm. Wait, why would we be in last then? Right oh. now, because we have a worse winning percentage. Right, because we have that sure game right now. Yeah. Yeah. And who's winning right now? Uh, Philly. Fuck you. Dude, Columbus, how are you so – how are you so bad? Like, you have pieces. So the best the Hawks can do finish the season is 60 points. Mm-hmm. And that's like, if they win tonight. Right. So that like, would put them – I don't understand this team. They got Johnny Goudreau playing, Kent Johnson, Jack Proslovic. Like, those guys alone are probably better than almost our entire team. See, this is why I don't buy the whole, we don't, we're not throwing or tanking games. You're telling me three games left in the season, the potential of a Connor Bedard is sitting there for you guys, and you as a player who arguably wants to win i mean columbus has got some talent and they're mm -hmm. and it's like you're telling me they're not going to be like you know what let's just fucking suck the last three games and you know give us the best chance 
Like that's bullshit. Like I don't believe that the it's not on the players' minds. I understand when there's like three weeks left in the year, a month left in the season. That's one thing. But when you're in the last week of the season and you're essentially playing for first or second to last, you're telling me you're not throwing fucking games, you're not giving it your all out there. I'm just like looking at like like there's no UFAs on their team that are gonna that are like pretty much done. Everybody's got term on their on their contract. So it's like they'll all be on this team basically next year if they if they I mean don't get traded. Um, but they'll all basically be on this team next year with whatever high draft pick they get, right? The so like Pantelli, like in your so like if they if, if you were if you were looking as like Johnny Goudreau who just signed like a huge ticket and you're like, I can get the chance to play with this really talented kid that's supposed to be coming up. It's like maybe I just won't go su- super hard. Yeah. Yeah, so, I just what a tiny ass line that's gonna be. <laughs> it, how funny would that line be though? Like Bedard and then Gaudreau and then also just Patty Line, a six four, just mad like monster fucking just on throw, the other wing. Got throw some strength out there with him. Yeah, Jesus. But uh, yeah, so, hurt? where the fuck is he? Line? Yeah. Why he's isn't hurt. he playing tonight? He's hurt again. Is he? Yeah. The hell is wrong with that guy? <laughs> But yeah, so two games left. Uh, who does Columbus have left after this? Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo. Buffalo, that's right. Fuck. Yeah, I mean they got they pretty much need to win this game because I don't know if they win either of those unless like Buffalo gets absolutely eliminated and then they just go ahead and shut some guys down or something. I don't know. Well, we're gonna talk about the playoff race in the NHL talk, but fucking look at Buffalo, man. Let's go. Can you imagine if you picked just, up John Gibson? Yeah, right? If they actually <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, some other news uh in the Hawks world. Uh Taylor Radish is out for the season with a groin injury. Not that it's like a big thing, it's just because it's the injury he has that it's like two week recovery, and obviously there's not two weeks left in the season, so he is done for the year, had a gr- career year stat wise. Yeah, I mean, um, it's like his first full season, too, yeah. though. I mean, and he, he showed a lot that he, he can be a big part of the offense for this team going forward because like once the trade deadline passed, he was kind of relied on heavily offensively, and he was up to the task, it looked like. So I'm super excited to see what he does as – you got to imagine he's the guy next year unless we get yeah. but Yeah. So, um, couple signings. Uh, Tenorti signed a one-year extension uh, with a cap hit of one point two five million. Hell which, yeah! Which you said in a group chat. Hopefully, that means Caleb Jones is out the door with that. Yeah, man. Like, I think there, there's like a, I don't know. There's a place for Caleb Jones on a team where they have like a a really solid, like shutdown defenseman to play alongside of him because that. Like he is just—he's such a liability out there. He's such a liability, but he also just doesn't have the offensive consistency to pull off the shit that he tries to pull off. Yeah, like he wants to be Seth Jones so I know, bad, I was just and like Seth Jones wants to be Seth Jones so bad, and like they can't. Like he, like Seth Jones is doing a better job of being the Seth Jones that like plays really well and like has those games where he's got point streaks and everything like that. 
like Jones wants to yeah, play man. like Seth Jones, and Seth Jones wants to play like Seth Jones, but he's really playing like Caleb Jones. Yeah, at times. Yeah. I just want more consistency out of him. But I mean yeah, like I'd rather have like that roster spot for those young guys that we have, like rotating in and out with like Vlasic. Like even Wyatt Kaiser, like when I've been watching the games, like he's been looking good. He's been looking confident too, which is I, I just love when you see confident defensemen because mm-hmm. that's what they need so badly. Be, like if you have no confidence and you have no chance, like right. watching them lead the rush up the ice or pinching at the blue line to keep the puck in or like getting it down low, like those offensive ways that they're doing, showing that kind of confidence makes you just, you know, for sure they're not skittish in the defensive zone then. Like yeah. they're not afraid to go into the corners. They're not afraid to battle in front of that. When they're, when they, it's just, I love that shit. Like, and that shit doesn't show up on the score sheet, really. But and, yeah, man, it's it's exciting to see that rotating door of those young guys coming in because, like, each single, each time, basically, there's always been like good points to like what they brought to the team, and then it's kind of like it rotated somebody else out, and we got to see somebody else doing some good stuff. And it was it was a really cool part of the season. I really enjoyed um, watching, and like I said, like hopefully with Caleb Jones not being on this team anymore like that means that they get more of that time because right now going into next season the veterans veterans on the team that are signed are going to be seth jones nikita zaitsev connor murphy and jared tenorti those are the guys that have contracts for next year do you think it's easier for these younger defensemen to come up to the nhl at least for the hawks and play with this confidence because there's no expectations yeah, so oh, it's absolutely. a lot of like stress-free hockey for them at this point that they can get a handle of the game and it's not like you're blowing yeah. an opportunity to make the playoffs or you're not the cup final or anything like you're that. You're not like 2019 Hawks with bringing Adam Boquist in at like 19, 20 years old and being like, hey man, like you got to run this for a bit. Like you're a second line power play. Like you need to be like on it. And it's just yeah. like, no man, like he needed to fucking cook some more in the like in the in the smaller leagues in the chl and then fucking the ahl but which yeah that was that was just like not good yeah and and you think about that and which kind of makes sense that you're running all these younger guys up and you're letting a player like korchinski play in and stay in juniors play out there get the experience and all that kind of stuff going because when i think when he he gets the call i think he's going to be expected to jump into that that big role maybe not like one power play one unit or something like that but i think he'll be like you know the second unit of the you know that that secondary and the top four kind of situation so um, i think unlike the guys that we have rotating in currently i don't think he's gonna get that chance i think they're gonna give him that like reichel treatment where it's like you're gonna stay in the ahl and you're gonna do it until you dominate yeah. And then once you dominate, guess what? You'll probably come up and be first line fucking defense pairing like right away yeah. rather than like, let's get you some games. I mean, I'm sure they'll work them in when there's injuries and stuff, but like, I'm sure that the plan will be like, you're going to sit in the AHL and fucking tear it up and just get bigger, get confident and then fucking come into the NHL, just guns blazing. And here's the thing. If you're looking for like a comparison, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like, maturity lit like waiting to develop and all that kind of stuff for a defenseman look at rasim stalin from buffalo oh yeah he got thrown in right away 18 years old and all this kind of situation and just this past last year and then like this year for sure 
was the first time that he really was like this dominant first over. Like, oh, that's why he was the first overall pick. Like, yeah, these young defensemen take time to develop. I know we talk, we preach this a lot, but it's like that's what you gotta kind of expect. So it's it's that's the perfect example too, because like yeah. when you're thinking first overall picks now, like you're like, oh, these guys are coming in right away and making an impact, and it's like, oh, is Dalene like not that kind of a guy? It's like you look at what he's done this year, and you're like, damn, he's real fucking good. Like, and he's gonna be getting better because he's what like 22. He's young, if I because that was what. The was it twenty nineteen or twenty nineteen? Uh, he's twenty two. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Oh. Hey, twenty eighteen. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but god damn, yeah, he's gonna be real fucking good so far this year. What he's got? <laughs> Fifteen goals, fifty seven assists, ninety penalty minutes. He shoots. He's got almost two hundred shots, one hundred five hits, one hundred twenty eight blocks. Like he's just very well rounded. He's being talked about for like Norris consideration. I wouldn't doubt it. I'm sure he's going to win a Norris soon. It's going to be that's one of the crazy things too is like it's going to be a real tough Norris like every year when you got Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Quinn Hughes, fucking Rasmus Dahlin. He's going to be fucking EK65 comes out of nowhere again. Like, yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other guys that are just going to be start putting up monster seasons because like scoring's just scoring's just going up. Like it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Yeah, Victor had been still in the league. Roman Yossi still in the league. Like those guys yeah. can be Norris, but yeah, um, that's going to be really interesting. That all so that entire conversation came from Tenorti signing a one-year deal. Yes, um, <laughs> that's right. And, and the other uh, contract that was signed was Drew Camesso signed his entry-level deal, three years. Was it nine four five thousand? Nine two five. Nine two five. That's like the. I think that's the max. Max. DLC. Yeah. So that is going to be um, very interesting to see how yeah. they how they handle the situation. Did you say he's foregoing his senior season? Well, he signed a contract. He's got yeah. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like when he signed it, like he's no, he's he's foregoing his senior yeah, year. Yeah, you can't you can't go to NCA and have a right, right, right. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like he had the opportunity to go oh. back, but he decided to sign instead. I thought you were asking if he was foreseen. Okay, never mind. Oh, no, 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 you're good. But he had, I think this year he had like started kind of slow, but he ended with like a pretty good season. Yeah, I hate that. I, yeah, I mean, Cap Friendly doesn't like to show like very good stats for like NCAA or just goalies in general because it just shows 34 games played with a 2 4 6 and a 9 13. But I think he had a record of like like 24 9 and 1 or something like that. He was really good. He made it to the, the Frozen Four. Um, mm-hmm. just got fucking pounced on by Minnesota. Um, did you see? I, I forgot who was it, but that player on Minnesota that goes between the leg pass. Uh, oh my god, just goes behind, comes around behind the net, not even looking, just goes between the legs, slides right over to to I don't know who was, and just they fucking buried it. I mean, Minnesota looked so good that game. Um, but yeah, so how how they're gonna handle it's gonna be interesting. He is what is it, twenty two? Or 20 years old so he's still fairly young for goalie prospect you have to imagine he is going to spend some time in the ahl this year yeah. i still think unless a, a, a contending team makes a really good offer i think Staylock should be coming back I, I don't think so you don't think so because that wouldn't make sense unless you're going to just sit drew unless you're going to sit Camesso. like you're if you re-sign Stalock, then you have Mrazic and Stalock. 
But then in the AHL, you you still have Stauber, yeah. Arvidsson, and then Camesso. Always forget about the other AHL guys. That's what I'm saying. I think Stalock's out unless they plan on moving Mrazic because he's only got one year left at this point. I think Stalock played himself off this team regardless. I think he deserves to play like for yeah. at least a team that could use a, a more solid backup. Yeah. Like what? Like what's a team that's basically sitting on the outside? I mean, Buffalo, like you know, like if they were, I don't even know what their contracts look like for their goalies, but like he's a better option than fucking Anderson. Craig Anderson, right? I mean, maybe, maybe Salak just had an insane season and it's not a better option, but Craig Anderson's done after this year. Oh yeah, they have Devin Devin Levi or Levy. I don't know how they pronounce his name. Eric Comrie, and yeah, they're not going to sign him. Um, maybe like fucking ottawa they just had injury issues like crazy i'm also pretty sure cam talbot was like yeah i'm not signing <laughs> yeah uh who else could... Pittsburgh could always use a better goalie i mean even the islanders like i think varlamov's last season is this year yeah and he was making five million so like you can probably get Staylock cheap and put that five mil towards someone else but that's lula morello so who knows st louis if they're not gonna fucking Try to get out from underneath Bennington. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he. Yeah, he could. He's gonna get. He's, he should get a decent little bump in pay at least. Maybe Arizona yeah, will sign him if he can shut up by him twice. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I was thinking like, yeah, maybe Arizona. Uh, no, not Florida. No, Florida's so many goalie options down there. Go back to San Jose. I mean, Dallas. Dallas wouldn't be bad. Do they still have... Oh, they still have Wedgwood. Never mind. The only way I can see him, if he does sign with Chicago, I think that's a sign that they don't believe in in whoever's in, in Rockford. He could sign with Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, you could just roll three goalies. I don't know what the what the deal is with the AHL. But if they could just roll three goalies, like that wouldn't be a terrible option because, I mean, eventually Mrazic and Stalock are going to get hurt if that's the case. Like, kind of just the way the season went, you can kind of expect it and might as well just sign them just in case and be like, once they go down, like, we're going to bring you up, bring them up, rotate them through. Like, Arvidsson got to start and then Stauber came in, played fantastically, what set a record for like most consecutive wins as a rookie. Um, Dylan Wells played really well before and then he get for a couple games and got dealt yeah, to Dallas. Shipped out to Dallas. But I mean he, <laughs> I don't think he's gonna be on the team, but I don't know. Um yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting how they again when we talk about letting defensemen develop, goalie is a completely different fucking game. There's a reason why you don't see a lot of young goalies stepping up right away like you have a chance. I mean, they could do something big, but then it's like you have, I mean, look at Carter Hart, um, yeah. who came in very young, had a lot of high expectations on him to to be the savior of Philadelphia, and he just, he's got no consistency. And it doesn't help that the team in front of him is not the, not the greatest. Oh, yeah. I mean, that team fellow has been, like, declining ever since he, like, took over the net. But, yeah, he came, in at, he came in at 20 years old. Jesus Christ, 20 years old. Um, I don't know. It doesn't does this this doesn't show how many games. Oh, here we go. He had 31 games played as a 20-year-old. 
and it had a 917 save percentage. Like, that's pretty goddamn good. And then you also got but, Spencer Knight, who came in young, pretty young, too. I think he came in at 19. Did he really? Well, he's 21 now. Oh, shit. Yeah, then. Yeah, 19. He played three or four games, and he was 19. And he went 4 and 4 and only equals against. Fuck. Not too shabby. And then, yeah. Yeah, Spencer Knight's like the Spencer Knight's like the best case scenario. He in three in fifty seven games, he's thirty two, seventeen, and six. That's if Drew can come in and do that right away. Awesome. I still think like yeah, let him let him sit let him for a bit. Yeah. Like I mean, at that point when Carter Hart came in, I think Philly was still trying to make it at least. And like, obviously with with Florida, like they had the option when um, they had Drieger, and they were like, "Well, Spencer Knight came in, played well enough. Like he could just take over. He's a cheaper option, and he's younger, and he'll just get more more ice time." But I don't know if that's been like the best scenario. Let's see, where was Philly in 2018-19? 82 points. I mean, they were 500. I, mean, I don't know what their deal was. <laughs> Six in the Metro. Oh, that year they played eight goalies. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I forgot about that. Yeah, they played everybody and anybody that they could. So, yeah, it will be interesting. I'm very excited to see how they handle it. I'm very excited for him him coming in, too. Like, I'm, I think he's going to be a great option. Yeah. As I just hope that they don't – I mean, I, I think that they already know what they're doing anyway. Like, they're not rushing Reichel, and he's probably the best option that we've got out of, like, our young guys. So, they clearly have their heads on, on right where they're not going to rush a goalie and a defenseman. Like, they're, they're already taking their time on our best forward. So, I think we'll be okay. So, I was pulling up the Hawks Instagram for the next thing we're going to talk about really quick, and – Foreshadowing for the last thing we'll talk about with Hot Stock. Man, they're they're really hitting home that this is it for Taves. Yeah. All the stuff. Every post is like got Taves in it. But okay. Um, before we get to talk about that, um Hawks announced that head athletic trainer Mike Gapsky is gonna be retiring at the end of the season. Um, he's like the longest one team tenured tenured athletic trainer in NHL history, I believe. Yeah. Um, 36 NHL seasons, 270, 2,758 regular season games, 249 playoff games, three times Stanley Cup champion. Um, he has worked with 53.1% of players in the Blackhawks history, which is insane. That's fucking insanity. The Hawks have had what a hundred years of history, and he's worked with half, half of the players. That's fucking nuts. So congratulations on an amazing career, much earned uh, retirement. Retirement, yeah. For him on that one, um, yeah. Just everybody's leaving. Nobody, everybody's abandoning ship. Pretty much. I think that just leaves essentially the longest reigning as the the equipment manager now, Parchi. He's probably like the last, the last. Hayes is technically still there. So we'll get into that now. Um, yeah, end of an era. I, yeah, man, it's all they're all gone. If if this is if this is truly it, could, could Thursday be the last 
last game from anybody a part of the Hawks dynasty? It sounds like yes. I think oh, yeah. it sounds like no matter what, whether Taves decides to play another NHL game, Thursday is the last time he will do it wearing a Chicago Blackhawks sweater. And that's fucking <laughs> depressing. Like, is that is that true rebuild starting? <laughs> because it's it's officially end of a chapter. Yeah, I mean because like this is this is I mean, I guess it wouldn't say end of a chapter, man. Like this is end of the first edition or, or not first edition, let's say like this book know. is over. This book in the series this, is over. this this book is finished. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's definitely not the first edition because there's so much history, but this this entry in the series is officially done. And then the the next entry starts and it says, and with the first overall pick, the <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> oh God. It's so crazy. Cause it's like, I still remember where I was when the Blackhawks drafted Taves. I still remember where I was when the Blackhawks drafted Kane. I remember where I was when, watching Taves score that first goal on his first shot on his first shift as a member of the Chicago Blackhawk. And it's like how long ago that really is. Like when you look back at how long that was. Yeah. Dude, fuck man. Yeah. Get ready to feel that feeling all over again. Dude, it sucks. It really does. And I know it's the right move, but it's like part of me too is like, fuck you, Davidson. Like, like let this it's not. No, I, mean, I know. No, I know. I know. But I'm he's, just he's, like, he's got his head like not in the clouds of nostalgia. Exactly. Like, no, and he's it's like, right. this is not that team. This will not be that team ever again. And like, we need to move forward if we want any chance of having a team quite like that. Fuck you, Davidson, and making us face reality and being yeah, right? level headed and real sick of smart about moves <laughs> and motherfucker. <laughs> this was NHL 23. I'd be signing Taves to an eight year deal at the cheapest level I could possibly do. You're going to die on this team. I just like, if he doesn't end up continuing his career, I would just really hope that like they announce that he's a part of the organization like immediately. Like, how cool would it be if he was just all of a sudden like on the bench, like as a coach? I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he'd be a good coach. No, I think he'll be more. I think he's going to be a Stevie Y. Sad. Yeah, more of a GM. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like he goes, he goes front office. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too, where they announce that he's like head of player personnel or something. Like that. It's, funny. it's just, it's funny how the better the player is in their career. The worse of a coach they end up being. Yeah, I mean, if you just strictly look at like Gretzky, I mean, there's not like, but it's like it seems like all the guys that the most successful coaches in NHL are the guys that they may have long, long careers, but they weren't yeah. anything like okay. Yeah, because I'm sure they're not coaching. Like, I mean, all you gotta do is just toe drag and lift it top shelf. Like, can't you do that on the fourth line? What are you fucking doing? <laughs> like Richardson had a very average career. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Mike Sullivan had a very average career. He's a great coach. You have um Trotz. Yeah. Like all these guys, it's like you, you hear them. Like, what? Hawk scored. <laughs> Damn it. Taking the lead on Pittsburgh. It's funny. 
Well, if we're going to lose the Bedard, we might as well fucking ruin people's seasons. Ruin the yeah, how, I mean, how crazy would it be if we, if basically Pittsburgh misses the playoffs and, and Calgary, because Calgary is already missing it, because they couldn't beat us when it, when it really mattered. That would be, I mean, that would be Oh, crazy. okay, yeah. We're just, we're still talking about Taze. <laughs> it's just like, I was going to say, are we moving on to the NHL talk yet? Oh. Um. But no, you were saying like obviously we didn't you didn't read the article you said, but there was like the whole spit of for Taze if it's not hell yeah it's hell no, yeah going into next season and it's like is there any ever any comfort knowing that he could potentially be going out as a hawk, or does it just not even matter? I just I at this point like everybody has gone out like in completely different ways like I just expect it to not be as a hawk at this like right like. Yeah. What are the expectations? Like nobody has been able to do it. Like not a single player has gone out on their own terms as a Blackhawk from that era. This is the sadly, this is the closest it's gonna get to it. Yeah. And it's not really like I'm of course he wants to keep playing. It's not like, oh, I think it's time to hang him up. It's like, man, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Jesus Christ, it's so fucking stupid. But Bad. Gonna go three down. cups, baby. Yeah, three three cups. <laughs> He's gonna go down as one of the greatest captains in mm. Blackhawk. I mean, shit, in the NHL history too. I mean, people don't give him enough. Like, it's crazy that it's like he get he does get credit and people do see him, but I I don't think he's truly appreciated across the league. Yeah, for what his ability is and what he did because he was a Blackhawk. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean. I think that a lot of people now that watch hockey just don't understand how fucking good he was like in all of those cup runs and how he, when it was like time for team Canada to have a team like, or put being put together and cross was like, I got to make sure it's cool with Jonathan Taves if I can be the captain, because like, yeah, like he fucking believed that he deserved it too. Like, for Crosby to say that, I mean, that's fucking that's right. something. Holy, Who just he just hit fifteen hundred points too. Man, it sucks getting old. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm just thinking about all these guys growing up. We were watching, and like, it's they're coming to the end of their careers now. Well, uh, yeah, it makes you just feel older because like these guys have all been like our age, like the entire time. <laughs> it's, ta- it's like, so you feel like you could relate so much more to them. Yeah, it's that they're retiring and having millions and millions of dollars and we're their age and we still have years of work and we're near millions of dollars in our name, but eh. Eh, all right. Um, at least I can keep doing what I like to do. Shots <laughs> <laughs> fucking fired. Um, all right. Anything else for Rockstock? Uh no. Oh, who are you gonna? Who are your three hawks of the week? That's oh, what I was gonna go. Fuck, I didn't even think about that. Athanasio um, had five points in four games. Reichel had four points in three games. That's kind of like the big point. Mrazic got a two, W. Those two and Mrazic. Yeah, Mrazic got the the much needed W. Mrazic gets the Calgary. first star for finally getting a win and uh, basically eliminating Calgary's hopes yeah. of making it to the playoffs. Anthony Asiao got the second star and Reichel got the third. Boom. Yes. Sounds right. good. 
Um, all right, NHL talk real quick here. Um, by God, they did it. The Boston Bruins have set the record for most wins in NHL history with 63. Um, I think they need, what is it, one more point or two more points for most points? Not really. In NHL history? Maybe. I don't it's follow cool. that one. It's gonna be really, it's gonna be really great when they get bounced first round. Honestly, they're gonna they're gonna have such a target on them. Like I don't know, we'll see. They they really need to bring the heat like even harder. They got the Islanders first round if things end the way right how they are right now. As as they're lined up. Yeah, I mean that's that could be a battle. Has Barzell been cleared yet? I'm sure he will be by the, by Monday or Tuesday whenever the playoffs start. Just like Mark Stone in Vegas. Oh, playoffs about to start? Hey, it's crazy. This guy's healthy Oh, my now. God, my back. My back is automatically feeling better. Yeah, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, Barcelona's still not cleared, but could be, could be sometime soon. When do the playoffs actually start? Is it Tuesday? When do they start? I don't know. I never <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't checked yet because the matchups haven't been set. It doesn't, does it have it anywhere? Oh. Oh, okay. Is this new? NHL to visit Australia for the first time in September? Oh, yeah. Isn't it like Kings and, um... In Arizona. April 17th. Okay. That's when the playoffs start? Yeah. That's Monday. Fuck. I was hoping it'd be like Wednesday so we could get our playoff episode. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Um, Well, so, that sucks. <laughs> so. Last games are Friday. Yeah, last games are Friday. So, playoffs start Monday. Um, Before oh, we get to that. That's so exciting. Friday could be... Nashville could could possibly be playing for their lives. Do you want to talk about playoff updates real quick now then? Yeah, might, might as well. Might as well. All right. So since we I don't remember who was already clinched last time. I recorded. think it was just the six in each conference. Since right. then I think Seattle's clinched. Seattle has clinched um hundred points on the year for them. What a fucking turnaround from their shitty franchise expansion draft. Dude, they they are completely not doing it the Vegas way, and yet they're still in the same place right now. So if they, I mean, could be looking good. Also, Maddie Beneers, Calder Trophy. Some say yes. Let <laughs> <laughs> me tell you another rookie right now. What's up? Can, can you couldn't? A rookie who could potentially be it. Um, I forgot who the other rookies are that are like in the running. Let's see. I can find out. Rookie. Oh yeah, he's he's got it locked up. Yeah, he's got like thirty more points in the next rookie. No nine. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> rookies. 
There was a goalie too. I forgot who. Stu Skinner. Oh, Matthias Michelli. Stu Skinner. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I can't believe he's. Yeah, I guess he's a rookie. He's only like he's like twenty four, twenty five, isn't he? Yeah. Like oh, Owen. I think I think Owen Power was getting votes. Um, for Calder. Jesus. I always like looking at this and being like, damn, these kids are going to be real good. You got in Buffalo right now, Jack Quinn, Owen Power, and J.J. Paterka. 37 points, 35 points, 32 points. Your rookies are putting up points, man. Like, you're you're in a good place for the future. If only you had fucking John Gibson. If only you made the move, but you wanted to hold on to those future draft picks. For no fucking reason. No um, fucking reason. But, yeah, so Seattle clinched. Right now, there is a two-team battle for the Central Division title. Uh, Colorado and Dallas both have 104 points. Um, Colorado does have a game in hand. Minnesota is only two points back. You think they, they, I mean, they're pretty much fighting to try to pass whoever ends up in second for that home ice. But Minnesota, I mean, it's already been, I guess, not reported, but, like, they don't give a shit about home ice. That's why they rested their players against the Hawks. Oh, okay. Like they could have played Kaprizov and all those guys, but sure. they're like, I mean, if we win, we win. If we're not, we're we're resting our guys. Like we're not gonna let them potentially get hurt in games that are meaningless when we're already made in the making the playoffs. Yeah. And um, let's. Oh damn. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think Vegas all has, but the first overall spot in the West locked up. Um. I mean, maybe. Maybe I mean yeah, they're at 107 points with two games left. I mean, like I said, Colum- or Colorado still has three games to play. So I mean, they oh, shot. I was talking the Pacific because Edmonton can jump Vegas in the Pacific for the first spot. Oh shit, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. So Edmonton could even do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if Edmonton wins their last two and Vegas loses one of their last two, oh damn, Vegas plays Seattle twice. Oh, so that's really. That's that really a lot closer than that'd be really that. funny because if Vegas loses both games and Edmonton wins one, Edmonton takes first. Oh, LA's playing the Anaheim, so that's not going to really do anything. LA's locked into that third spot. They don't have to be because if Seattle, if Seattle beats LA, Vegas LA, twice, no, LA can the best LA can do is 104 points, so they're locked in that third spot. I'm saying if they no 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 because if Seattle wins their last two games against Vegas they have 104 points. About, God damn! I keep forgetting about fucking Seattle. Yeah. God damn it! It's funny because this the way that the Pacific is right now with Vegas, Edmonton, LA, and Seattle one through four that can get completely flipped around and have it be like Edmonton, Vegas, Seattle, LA. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Fuck! I always forget about fucking Seattle. Like, so we we could potentially get either. But let's see, because first in the West isn't determined quite yet. So Vegas could play. God, this is going to be so weird. Vegas could end up playing Winnipeg or they can end up playing L.A., but they could end up playing L.A. as a one versus eight. No, 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 not one versus eight. A one Um, versus a one versus seven, a two versus seven. Or they can play them as a as a Pacific two and three. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of possibilities in these last couple of games for these teams to keep completely moved around. 
all in all within the Western Conference, which is just so weird to think about. Because <laughs> you feel like they're all locked into like where they are, but it's not true at all. Like, oh yeah, I always yeah. Um, fucking even Minnesota could technically end up finishing first in the Central. They could technically, yeah. I mean, Colorado would have to lose a game to Colorado and Dallas would have to lose out essentially, and Minnesota has a win. But Jesus, here's the other crazy ass thing too. So the fight for that last wild card spot in the West between Nashville and Winnipeg, they each have two games left, and both of them end up playing Minnesota and Colorado. So not only do the, does it, those games have implications for that eighth place, but also the, the Minnesota and Colorado within that top three. Yeah, there's a like, lot of... It's so weird. A lot of movement. Fucking love. I love that the last games of the season mean something, and it's not just like, all right, let's just get these done. It's like, right. they mean something. And I fucking... I hate Nashville. I hate them, but I want them to make the playoffs because it's so oh. funny that they were sellers and they sold yeah. to Winnipeg. Yes. And then they pass Winnipeg. They, they, dude, I don't know what it is um, about Nashville that like, it's just their main guys get hurt and the other young guys step up and lead them and UC Saros just turns it on and decides to become a brick wall for the last 20 games of the year. But God damn! Did you did you see that um, their game against Calgary where they eliminated them? Mm-hmm. So they went to the shootout, and a lot of people were just shitting on Suter because he put Nick Ritchie in the shootout in the must-win situation and never used Tyler Toffoli. Like, what? <laughs> Suter's so, not gonna be done with this shit. He's like, let's go home. I'm done. Yeah. Are you like what? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Jeez, what what a game that was, too. Jeez, two to two, going into OT, going the whole OT, goes to a shootout. And then you want to talk about tight. Let's go to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, dude. Metro Division. Carolina 109, New Jersey 108, Rangers 107. So, I mean, Rangers still technically have a shot at winning the Metro. Yep. Very slim shot, but they still have a shot. New Jersey clearly still has a chance. Carolina still has a chance. The only matchup we have three, essentially three games left in the season. Not even. It's only two for most teams. For most teams, and only two of the sixteen playoff match or teams know who who they're playing. Yeah, three teams for sure are in the exact spot they're going to be right now. And it's all in the Atlantic, <laughs> which is so weird. But yeah, so Boston is locked in that first overall. Toronto is facing Tampa, and Toronto has home ice in that one, which don't think they had last year. I don't think so either. So that might finally help them out here. Tampa's just it, no. Home. Toronto did have home ice. They did. Yeah. Oh, never mind then. Uh, Tampa's just not been playing good. They're three and seven in their last ten. But I mean, they don't give a shit. Let them rest and all that. I mean, they're playing, aren't they playing Toronto currently? Yep. So a little playoff preview there. But here is where it gets really tight. Here is the wild card race. Florida has the first spot with 92 points. Islanders, second spot, 91 points. Pittsburgh is sitting there with 90 points. And Buffalo is still hanging on with 87 points. Um, Florida and the Islanders have one game left. Pittsburgh has one, but as you 
heard earlier they're playing Chicago and they are currently losing. Um, and then they have Columbus. And then they have Columbus. Uh, there was a bunch of scenarios I saw. So it's if if Pittsburgh wins tonight and they beat Columbus, they're in. If Pittsburgh loses either game and like the Islanders win, then Pittsburgh's out. If Buffalo, like they need to win out completely here, okay, to get so a here. chance. And Florida and Islanders, like one of those two teams have to lose with Pittsburgh losing at least one. So game today, well. so today's situations, Buffalo is eliminated if they lose in regulation to the Devils or a overtime and shootout loss plus Pittsburgh wins in regulation or OT. Mm. They're eliminated. Carolina wins the division if they beat Detroit, which I think they are. Yeah, they're up three yeah, to one winning. in the third. And New Jersey loses to Buffalo in regulation. Florida clinches if Buffalo loses to the Devils and Pittsburgh loses in regulation to the Hawks. Um, Winnipeg clinches and, and Nashville's eliminated if Winnipeg gets one point. Yeah. And then the the Knights clinch the division if they win in an Edmonton loss or they lose an overtime or shootout and Edmonton loses in regulation. <clears throat> Gotta love it. And Buffalo's currently losing to New Jersey, so that's not looking good. It's three to one there too. Yeah, so we need Columbus to just win against Philly, but they're losing currently three to two. And that's 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 just for last place. Like we just if Columbus loses that or wins that game, that just puts us in a much better spot. Yeah, I love this. I love yeah hockey. There's there's not many inconsequential games here. Winnipeg's beating Minnesota currently two to one at the end of the first. So I mean the playoffs could be set today tonight, essentially. Yeah, it could. I still think there could be movement within the playoffs, but the the seeds or uh, not the seeds, but the, the, the teams, teams could be locked. Yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh, man. What are you doing? Yeah. Fucking god damn it. Fuck you, Crosby. Um all right. Quick notes and we'll wrap up here. Uh, New Jersey Devils signed their highly touted defensive prospect, Luke Hughes. So the Super Hughes brothers era has officially started in New Jersey. Um, Quinn's, you know, the, 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 the meme of Squidward looking down at Patrick and SpongeBob running through the yes. yard. Yeah, yes. there's Quinn Hughes up, Squidward just looking down at his two brothers living it up in New Jersey right now. Uh, yeah, living it up in New Jersey, probably living in New York. Pavelski <laughs> yeah. and Claude Giroux both reached the thousand points for their career last night. Um, pretty cool milestone for those guys. Um, yeah, especially to do it on the same night too, which is kind of yeah. Funny. Uh, are you talking about Boston? Um, EK sixty five. Hell yeah, buddy! Six defenseman in NHL history to reach a hundred career points or not career points, hundred points in the season. Um, he's the first one to do it since, and since 1991, 1992 when Brian Leach did it. Um, K65 back baby. Yeah. Who would have thought you would have had such a monster season this year doing it on a lottery team. 
Yeah, right. Oh my god. Are they still bottom three? No, no it's Anaheim. No, well, but I mean, I guess they're just, I mean, technically, yes, they're a lottery. It's team, what but... 20, 22 is who can jump up to first? Probably. So it's essentially St. Louis, or is it 23? 22 20 no, no no 23 23 so detroit washington vancouver philadelphia arizona montreal san jose anaheim columbus and chicago are the only teams as of this moment eligible to win Connor bedard let's go Col- uh, st louis could still i hope st louis finishes one point out of that i really do Fuck yeah me. i do too um and then the last thing you brought this up is 60 goals yeah. 60 bingos. First time since 95, 96 that we had two players in one season reach the 60 goal mark with Pasta getting a Hattie the other night and uh, McDavid just going off. And he's got what, like 65 at this point, maybe? <laughs> he, I think he has 63. I don't know if he's got more. Um, He has 64. 64. Okay. Right in the middle of your two guesses. Yeah, there we go. Um, I just saw this on Reddit. Apparently, uh, Ovechkin has become the all-time shots leader, and it's not like a new thing. I was gonna say, I feel like he. I don't remember seeing anything about that. But six thousand three hundred fifty-one shots currently, and Ray Bork was the uh, the previous leader with six thousand two hundred nine. Which is crazy to me that a defenseman was the leader in that. And it was called but, Paul Coffey, though. It was Paul Coffey. Was it Paul Coffey or was it Ray Bork? No, it was Bork. Bork, sorry. I see 77. I just instantly think Coffey. Mm. That's my okay. bad. Okay. That, that's my bad. Um, let's see. What was the other things? Uh, I have, I mean, just Luke Hughes. There was also Matt Nice. He signed with Toronto. He's like their oh, big yeah. prospect. And it caused um, a bunch of fucking problems for Toronto in the salary cap. Hilarious. Whatever. Like it, it the salary cap doesn't matter in it. They have four, four goalies. They have four goalies at one point signed to amateur tryouts because That's they didn't hilarious. they were gonna get emergency status. That's funny. Um what there was another signing. Oh, Brock Faber in Minnesota. So Minnesota loses two of their their big like University of Minnesota loses two of their big guys in uh, Nice and Faber. Michigan lost uh, Hughes. Hughes. Probably gonna lose uh, Fantelli this year. Possibly, you never know. Like if he goes to one of the bottom teams, like he like if he went to the Hawks, like I don't see the Hawks just being like, yeah, man, like you and R stay there. Yeah, play together. Oh yeah, they that would be sick. Yeah. Um. The other thing and I the national got, championship and then come bring the title with the oh yeah, I was gonna say Quinnipiac won the national title. Yeah. And you thought I was having a stroke when I was saying that earlier. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> you're fucking saying. <laughs> Quinnipiac won the title. So yeah. what? What did you say? Quinnipiac. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> hey. Ten seconds in overtime too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like right away. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't remember if there's any other like statistical things that are kind of cool that have happened, but just a, a crazy season, really. 
it's gonna be fun and then i think we're gonna have to do like two episodes like one episode for playoffs and one episode for like to recap this year because so much happened this year yeah so um all right i think that about does it for us episode 219 what are you calling it tanner hey oh hey hey hey. Uh, we're not on deck this time i was not ready um what was it what was what was notable uh what are we doing do something for taves uh what do you say something for taves yeah man i guess you could do that but like it still isn't over over so that would be like a next week thing okay um all right we talked about the games tenority we wanted a defenseman spew about letting uh to Two more L's. I don't know. No, 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 no. Uh... <laughs> Almost, Fuck, over. Man. Almost over. Welcome, welcome, Drew Camesso. <laughs> How? Almost over. How about that? Almost there. Yep. Almost there. Boom. One more mile. All right. Episode two nineteen. Almost there. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube. Uh, five star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, social media at WCB Podcast. And yeah, we will see you on the next one. All right. Love you, boys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WCB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast. To connect with Jerem and Tanner, check out the boys at WCB Podcast on all social media. We'll see you next time.